When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. With the MyMaccas app and play today. And 18th of October. For full terms, visit McDonald's.com.au. The Trade Feed for Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. And Toyota, Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. Good morning. You're listening to Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Trade up to Continental Tyres this trade period. Sarah Ollie and Josh Gablich here with you on The Trade Feed for the next hour. Good morning to you, Gabo. Morning, Sarah. Great to see you again. I didn't see you yesterday. Yeah, I know. You were busy down at Marvel. How was that? It was a little bit hectic. It was a busy day. There's yeah. a fair bit going on just in terms of seeing all the clubs. 17 of the clubs. We didn't see Richmond. Blair Hartley's sick yesterday. Oh. So we'll, we'll hear from him at some point this week because they were a key player yesterday with Tim Taranto landing at Punt Road. You'd want to be pretty sick, wouldn't you, if you're not showing up to the first in-person event in a couple of years? I'm told he is pretty sick right now. So if we don't hear from him this week, we'll definitely hear from him before the deadline next Wednesday night. Well, we are going to hear from Collingwood best and fairest Jack Crisp later this hour. Of course, going back to back in the Copeland Trophy, he is having some kind of career. And we often think about the trade period and the best bargain trades, and he has got to be one of them, of course, involved in that trade with Dane Beams back in, what was it, 2014? 2014. 2014. So what we're going to ask you throughout the next hour is please let us know your best trades, your steak knives trades, your second chance saloons, the ones that tickle your fancy, and you can call one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight or text 0419 Three, two, three. Now, I love this topic, Josh, and mm. it does fit into last night because Peter Wright took out Essendon's best and fairest. And this was a guy who was on the scrap heap at the Gold Coast Suns. No one really wanted him. And he got to Essendon for what was it? A, a future fourth round a pick. A future fourth round pick. That's why he fits this conversation <laughs> so perfectly, Sarah. And we will unpack the Dane Beams, Jack Crisp trade because there's a lot of layers to that. But in terms of what Peter Wright cost and the output, he's now a Crichton medalist. It's Incredible. phenomenal. Yes, he was taken at pick eight in 2014, the same year of this trade of we're talking about with Jack yeah. Crisp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is a little bit of symmetry there. It didn't quite work out at the Gold Coast Suns for a number of reasons. But when you consider two of the great bargains from last year, two of the great bargain performers of this year, Peter Wright and Will Brody, both players that couldn't quite make it at the Gold Coast Suns. So he's definitely one of them. What a performance to win a best and fairest at any club, but especially as a key forward, we're starting to see that a little bit. That's the third one we've seen so far this year with Jeremy Cameron sharing it with Cam Guthrie. And Tom Lynch becoming a Jack Dye medalist a couple of weeks ago. So it's and a also a some key defenders as well, winning best and fairest this year. James Sicily, Tom Barras. Sam Taylor. Yeah, exactly. So it's nice to see some of these key positions actually 
getting rewarded. Let's just recap the 2022 Crichton Medal leaderboard because Peter Wright, he won on 242 votes. Zach Merritt, another podium finish for him in second place, 230. Mac Welfi rounding out the podium on 211. Then comes Mason Redmond, Jordan Ridley, Jaden Laverde, Jake Kelly, Nick Martin, Darcy Parrish, Dylan Schill and Nick Hind all tied in ninth. And then Andrew McGrath. But just a bit of love for Peter Wright. And I think this is going to really feed into our conversation in the next hour, Josh, because this was a guy who was a top 10 pick. And if you're a top 10 pick, you've obviously got a lot going for you. He gets to the Gold Coast Suns and a couple of years later, a player by the name of Ben King comes along and all of a sudden he just finds himself out of love. He's playing twos and he's asked to find a new home. And what he's been able to achieve at Essendon is remarkable given the fact that there wasn't a lot of love for him out there on the market. Sarah, 2020 was a really difficult year for everyone, but it was an incredibly difficult year for Peter Wright. He didn't play a single game for the Gold Coast Suns, a single game. Last year, he plays 21 games for Essendon, has a real impact straight away, especially in the second half of the year, finished with 29 goals in the back end of the year, but to finish with 53 goals this year, he was in the Coleman medal conversation in that middle part of the year, obviously just below that top, top bracket. But when you consider the deal he's on at Essendon and what it costs to get him to the club, he's the definition of a trade bargain. Yeah, absolutely. And pretty stiff as well, maybe not to have made the All-Australian team. And the thing that you can always count on with Peter Wright is he is a dead eye. He is. I mean, that's a big part of it. A bit like Mitch Lewis at Hawthorne. They don't miss. They don't get a heap of shots like some other players, like a Jeremy Cameron or even a Charlie Kerno, but they do not miss and they're really important. And his set shot routine is phenomenal. It is so consistent. And even if he's 60 metres out, you just know. He's got that range. He does, doesn't he? Doesn't he? So congratulations to Peter Wright last night taking out the 2022 Crichton medal. Now, this is one of our topics today. Best trades, steak knives, second chance saloons. Hit us up on 1300 23 48 or text in 0419187323. Josh, this is something you've been thinking about. I was going to say in the last 24 hours, but this has been something you've been building lately, a list when it comes to the best bargain trades. Where do you want to start this morning? I'm going to narrow it down to this century, but I'm going to allow our callers to call in and throw some 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 ideas That's back. That's nice from, of you. You'll a, allow them, will you? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I would love to see some suggestions coming through on the text as well, because I'm sure there are some from the 70s and 80s and the 90s that just need to be spoken about. But just to narrow it down for, for our conversation, let's start with Hawthorne. Okay. Let's start with a, a very famous name at the Hawthorne Football Club. And let's go back to 2009 when Josh Kennedy mm. and Ben McGlynn were sent to the Sydney Swans, to your club. Yes. In exchange for picks 39, 46 and 70. I mean, they've become genuine stars, especially Josh Kennedy, but Ben McGlynn as well had a really great career at the Sydney Swans. Josh Kennedy misses out on this run this year, but he did play in a premiership. He's a three-time All-Australian, three-time Skilton medalist as well, and, of course, a club captain. I mean, his impact on the Bloods culture has been significant. And when you think that he left Hawthorne, then there was there was an unknown around his, his AFL future in a little bit because he couldn't crack into that team to then play 277 times for the Sydney Swans. I think he's right at the top of this list in terms of the best bargains. 
Yeah, and I was at the Swans Best and Fairest last Thursday night up at Sydney and Josh Kennedy, he sat down with Jared Healy, of course, a Brownlow medalist for the Swans and another club great and just had a discussion around his career and Joey is so modest and Jared was trying to, you know, get the best out of him. But he is going to go down in club history at the Sydney Swans as one of their all-time greats. Both on and off the field, he is just so loved. And I think because you're right, we didn't get to see much of him this year. You kind of forget just how much of a bull he was. I mean, so consistent as well. I think he's finished on the podium in the Swans best and fairest like a record number of times. In that been... Scott Pendlebury sort of bracket. Yeah. We saw the stat last week, Pendlebury, yes. your 14th podium finish. I think Josh Kennedy is just around that mark, maybe a touch below, but it's just quite incredible to think how consistent he has been. You touched on a really good point. I think there was so much pain around Kennedy's hamstring, set, hamstring setback yes. late in the year, which yes. caused the retirement. And it was around the impact that we don't see. We, we get, we've been able to see him for the last 15 years, two hours every weekend, but it's the stuff that you do not see at the footy club. Even the stuff with the supporters and the corporates, everyone that you spoke to at Sydney around that time were like, you don't understand what this mm. guy has done for the game in Sydney. He's not Lance Franklin, but no one is. But Josh Kennedy has just been just the perfect citizen for that footy club. And just on Ben McGlynn, the other player that you spoke about in that trade, he was a little warrior as well for the Sydney Swans Football Club. And this enduring memory I have of him, which he probably won't like, is he was one of the players that missed out on that 2012 premiership mm. because he did his hamstring in it was either the semi or the, or the prelim. And I've just got this enduring image of him sitting on the bench in tears because he knew that he wasn't mm. going to be part of what did become a golden run and a premiership run for the Swans. So I think that is a very worthy best bargain trades. And you're not alone because we do have a text here. Josh Kennedy traded to Sydney along with Ben McGlynn for picks 39, 46 and 70. That's from Sean in Woodend. So echoing your sentiments there, Sean's been Gabo. busy on the texts. We love it, Sean. Keep coming in. Text us on 0419187 or 32. Three, who else is making your list, Josh? I'm going to go back in that sort of era again and, and go with Sean Dempster and Adam Schneider for pick 26. Now, pick, pick 26 is nothing to sneeze about, but to get Sean Dempster and Adam Schneider, who were integral in that era when they were competing for grand finals, is quite phenomenal. When you think about Sean Dempster, and we just spoke about Josh Kennedy and the impact as a citizen for that footy club, Sean Dempster's in that mould. His impact was was incredibly significant. He played across 158 games, All-Australian selection, four podium finishes in the Trevor Barker, incredibly consistent. And then Adam Schneider, remember that format, Remember that combination he formed with Stephen Mill? It was just destructive. And he's kicked 160 goals across 130 games. And he was a star at Sydney as well. So I really like this trade in terms of what it did for St Kilda. And, and they still talk about it because Sean Dempster still has an involvement in that club. What's so. he doing now? I'm not entirely sure exactly the official capacity, but he's remained involved since retiring from the footy club. But he's he's a big part of this because he and Adam Schneider are part of this bargain conversation. one three hundred two three fifty five forty eight. Your calls on the best set of steak knives in the game. Of course, we are going to be speaking to Jack Crisp, who is the back-to-back Collingwood best and fairest, who does kind of fit this mould. Well, he could be the poster boy for it, but he is certainly much more than the steak knives in that trade from 2014 with Dane Beams. But Josh, just before we do go to our first break, who else have you got that fits this mould for best bargain trades? 
there's a couple of nominations that have come off the text, and it's a current player. Toby Nankervis. Mm. He only cost pick 46. The and swans are in every one of these. I know, I know, Sarah. <laughs> I apologise. But we spent some time last week talking about the ruck merry-go-round, and we expect it to be in full swing again during this period. But when you consider that Richmond got a three-time mm. premiership player and a future captain yeah. in exchange for pick 46, it's been a really, really good piece of list management. And it gets forgotten that he's only 27 at the moment. When he got appointed as co-captain with Dylan Grimes at the start of the year, people were saying he's too old. <laughs> they, they, I mean, he does appear a bit older than what he is. They thought he was north of 30. He's got five, six years left. So he is one I want to nominate. And there are a couple more that I think we'll get to across this conversation. And of course, when it does come to Ruckman, there is value, isn't there? We've seen that throughout the journey. Of course, we've spoken about Tom Hickey, who, of course, has landed at his fourth club and is playing his best footy. So there's certainly a bit of value when it does come to the big men. Now, for the best steak knives trade, this is from Eric. And he says, Dane Beams to the Lions for pick five, 25 and Jack Crisp. Pick five and 25 got Jordan Degoe and Levi Greenwood from North. Greenwood being a very serviceable player, while the other two are current stars. So, Eric... You are speaking our language. We are going to speak to Jack Crisp, the back-to-back Copeland Trophy winner, after this break. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Real Aussies are winning big with a Monopoly game at Macca's. Like previous Monopoly game winner Caleb from Victoria, who won a home entertainment package. I was shocked. Turned to the missus. She is back at Macca's. Lucky there's creamy mayo, or it'd be too McSpicy. Can you handle the heat? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only. The Trade Feed for Host Plus. An industry super fund for all Australians. And Toyota. Toyota certified. Pre-owned in a class of its own. A trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. This is the trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. So last night, as we were just discussing, Peter Wright took out the Crichton medal on 242 votes ahead of Zach Merritt and Matt Guelfi. Jaden Hunt, last night, well, he joined West Coast as an unrestricted free agent. And early this morning on AFL Trade Radio, Matthew Lloyd, the newsbreaker, he says that Anthony McDonald Tippenwoody is considering a comeback, the Dockers leading the race for his services. All right, Josh, we've got a very special guest on the line. We have been talking about the best bargain deals of all time, and this man fits the brief beautifully. It's Collingwood's best and fairest back-to-back Copelands for Jack Crisp. Jack, thank you so much for joining us on the Trade Feed. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. Now, I'm just looking at your Instagram and your latest post you've written, she was a busy weekend for the fam, Copeland, gala, baptism, birthday. Have you had time to recover from all of that yet? Um, just, I was very, very tired yesterday when I had to get light off the kinder. So it was a slow morning. How have you reflected on the season? Because individually sensational for you, back to back, best and fairest. And for your Collingwood side, well, a dream run that came so close to a grand final. Yeah, it's, um, 
it was a bit difficult, obviously, after I think the the prelim loss. But um, I think because everybody in the whole footy club felt like our season wasn't ready to be finished. I think um, the way we were playing football, everyone was pretty refreshed and giving it their all every week. Um, and I think uh, the way the whole year went, we were just probably excited to keep going. Didn't really want the season to finish. Jack, let's talk about last Friday night because it's an incredible achievement to win a club best and fairest, but to do it twice in a row, especially at a club like Collingwood, there've been so many champions of the game that have played for Collingwood, but only 24 players, yourself included now, have won the Copeland Trophy twice. Has that sunk in? Because it's really significant. Is that only 24, is there? Only the 24. <laughs> ah, okay, well, maybe give me another day to reflect on that. Bit too. That'd be nice. Um, yeah, geez, yeah, it's amazing. Like, I think um, even after I won the first one last year, I was just took a moment over the break to just kind of reflect on my career and I was actually quite proud of myself and obviously what I've been able to achieve and but I've still got a long way to go in my career so I'm not ready to sit back and smell all the roses just yet but um, yeah obviously very happy and proud. Now Jack the last time we saw you in action was in that preliminary final loss to Sydney at the SCG it was your 200th game it was your 188th game in succession. Talk us through the secret because this is getting ridiculous now that you don't miss. How, what's going on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So many people keep asking me. It's probably more this year than anything, but um, I always give mum and dad a bit of credit for some genes. Um, but then um, I, I do a lot of recovery, I think. Um, like I have a lot of physio at the footy club. Um, I see an osteo. Um, I see a myotherapist once a week as well. I do cryotherapy once a week, um, a sauna. Um, so mine, my, my, yeah, it's all about heavily, heavily recovery, recovery based. Um, but yeah, cause when I train, I obviously work hard and all that, but yeah, recovery, sleep, um, and being able to mentally switch off as well, I think has been a huge factor, especially the last couple of years with the kids. We're speaking to Jack Crisp. Now, Jack, you said that you're not going to stop and smell the roses just yet and reflect on your career, 200 games so far and counting, but do you ever reflect on your move to Collingwood? Um, yeah, I do. Um, like I do probably get asked every now and then about it. Um, originally when I did move, I was seeking greater opportunity. Um, and obviously when looking back now, it turns out it was like the best move I could have made for myself and the family. So, um, yeah, no regrets there. Um, it was definitely the best decision I've made for my career. And we're talking about that second opportunity quite a lot in this hour on the trade feed. And we were referencing the last night at Essendon, Peter Wright, who was on the scrap heap a few years ago. He's a best and fairest winner. So can you just take us into those conversations when you do get a second chance or you get a chance at another club? What that love and appreciation for you can do for you and your confidence? Yeah, I think um, I think there's obviously an excitement level. Um, for one thing, walking into a new place, thinking, you know, you've been in the AFL system, you know, for a number, whatever, how many years it is already, um, you feel like you understand a little bit more of the game, what's required. So when you when you come in after a few years at one club to another one, you feel like you already know what you need to do just to work your bum off and um, do what you need to do to play round one. So, yeah, when I moved, my first goal was to play round one, then round two, then round three and so so forth. And, um, yeah, my first year at Collingwood ended up being a really good one as well. So I think, um, yeah, obviously when you've been in the AFL system a few years before you move to another club, it definitely helps that mindset. Finished third in the best and fairest in your first Not year. Bad. <laughs> now, take us back 
to this trade because it's it's really fascinating, especially looking back in hindsight. But there's a funny story around it. Derek Hine was at a long lunch and trying to negotiate this deal <laughs> for Dane Beams. Obviously, pick five was on the table and he had Jordan Dugowie in mind and they were looking for another pick in the top 20 from the Brisbane Lions. They ended up getting 25, but they knew that they wanted another player. And Derek Hine had always been interested in a, a guy from Murderfoot called Jack Crisp. Tell us about how it went down because these sorts of things can be quite chaotic. Anthony McConville is your manager. I think he was at the races on the day this was all sort of happening. How did you handle it all? Well, I didn't know anything about what those guys were doing <laughs> until Lucky. I heard, read the article, was it, not too long ago. <laughs> but the funny thing was I, I found out about the trade when I was actually at my 21st birthday party. So I was having a few beers as well when one of my mates came up and showed me this article about me being part of a trade. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was one part of it. And then uh, I think the other part was I missed a call from Macca. It might have been the next day. Um, and then I called him back with it like an hour later um, and saying that he obviously had a trade for me. And then like, and then the very next day after that, I was down at Collingwood doing my medical. So it all happened like obviously very fast as it does. Um but yeah, it was a bit of a whirlwind experience because yeah, I didn't know what was going to happen. Now, early days, you were famous for being the steak knives in this deal. Obviously, you've become a star of the competition, as we've outlined, a two-time Copeland Trophy winner. Does it offend you, that the steak knives comparison? Because I've heard other players in the past be offended by being referred to as steak knives. Does it still... Does it? How do you feel about it? Oh, yeah, I, I hate it. Don't, don't get me wrong about that. <laughs> but understand like where the reference comes from where I'd only played 18 games in three years so it's kind of understandable but then um, yeah the first two years when people kept saying left right and centre I was just yeah I was like when well, I was telling them to shush up or whatever but in the nicest way <laughs> but um, yeah anyway long story short I might bring out some steak knives soon and see what happens <laughs> you should does it serve did it serve as motivation though in those early days to really prove that hang on I'm, I'm far from the steak knives in this deal yeah, 100%. It definitely probably added fuel to the fire, I guess, in um, my preparation and how I wanted to play. Like, oh, yes, I want to fresh up myself, but it's, yeah, it's about proving to people that, you know, I can play and I do belong at this level and we'll see what happens. Take us into what Craig McRae, Jack, has done for this club this year. I mean, some of his analogies have kind of become a little bit of folklore this year. He spoke about when you guys played yeah. Richmond. We're eight dates in. They're in a three- to four-year marriage He's certainly got a really lovely way about him from the outside. What's he done for you and your footy? Yeah, uh, it's quite entertain- entertaining, actually. Every time we'd come into a team meeting, he'd always have a story to start us off. And I got got to the point where I was actually wondering if any of these stories were true. He just had, <laughs> had a great way of making them come to light and um, uh, relating them to football and you know what had happened throughout the week or our result and um, how it was going to help us get better. So he always, yeah, I don't know, he's just, he had an amazing way of bringing everybody together with some entertainment and some focus and then obviously going through what we needed to go to to prepare. Um, but, yeah, to be honest, the, what he's done is brought the whole club together, not just players and um, coaching staff, but medical team, admin, um, all the and all the other side of the Collingwood Football Club with the, you know, the partnerships, the marketing team, the um, people that look after the membership. So the whole club, um, we had a lot of functions as a club and bringing everyone together and um, inviting people's partners and families. Um, even our team lunches were 
were like full one club lunches and stuff like that. So I think what he was able to do is just bring, yeah, bring the club back together again and bring that in enjoyment and build those relationships because um, that's obviously a key part of our industry. Um, and then yeah, it was playing dividends on the field with, with those relationships that we built off field. And he did that in just 12 months, which is scary to think 17th to a prelim and just one point or two points away from a grand final berth. Does it give you great confidence about what you can achieve in the next 12 months? Yes, 100% it does. Like, yeah, it was uh, we had a really great run, but now the challenge is going to come on being able to maintain that. And I think the excitement and confidence that we are, we're all still feeling, it, even at the end of the season, um, is going to have us in good stead, ready to go for the next pre-season and coming into the next season. Um, you know, we, we speak about uh, a lot about how lovable the club is and has become, like even, you know, people's second favourite teams, even though they <laughs> might have hated Collingwood for 20 years. So it's, I think it's just, it's just shown what he's been able to do, not only for the footy club, but just for football in general. Um, it's become very exciting again and, and everybody's really loved being back at the games and just showing their support in any way possible. So we're going to carry a lot of confidence going into the pre-season and obviously I think a few of the boys are still extremely hungry. Um, yeah, we came so close, but um, it's obviously given a lot of guys life again, especially all the older fellas. They seem to be playing some great football again and, um, and you know they could be standing around for another three to four years instead of one to two depending on their form. Now, Jack, Jordan Ngoi was a key part of this trade back in 2014. He's obviously been a massive story this year for plenty of different reasons. On Friday, it was announced that he'd recommitted to the footy club. What was it like at the Copeland Trophy on Friday night? I mean, it must have been quite incredible to have him locked in for five more years. Yeah, I think um, it was probably a great day to have it, but I was kind of thinking, geez, he might get swarmed a fair bit at the Copeland. (laughs) Um, But obviously, yeah, news like that. It, come, it came on a wonderful day. Like we're all celebrating the football club and the players for the year, and what better way to have Geordie sign on for five years? Um, you know, it shows we've got a great uh, future at the club. With Darcy Moore signing on obviously earlier in the year for multiple years, and a couple of young guys. So, and then um, yeah, and obviously a lot of players wanted to come here through the trade. So, shows we've got an exciting future. Well, Jack, thank you so much for joining us on the trade feed. We refer to you as a dual club best and fairest, but if you do want to bring out a set of steak knives, Josh and I will be the first people to buy them. But thank you for joining us again on Trade Radio. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Jack Crisp there, dual Collingwood best and fairest. And as you said, Josh, and that was news to Jack, only 24 other times or 24 other people have achieved that feat. And at a club like Collingwood, that speaks volumes to the kind of player that Jack Crisp is. But, yeah, I can understand that. I mean, we were talking about best bargain trades and the best value trades and, of course, the steak knives. It does come into it. But it would just grate on you a little bit, wouldn't it, hearing that? I think you hold it for life in terms mm. of your footy career. So I love that he hates it. And he's also... <laughs> Only the 17th player to go back-to-back in the Copeland Trophy. Yeah, wow. So it's just, it's pretty significant. He's never made All-Australian, has he? He was in the squads, so yet to make it. Stiff. But he's just been on the cusp, I think, in the last couple of seasons. But how excited did he sound with in the next 12 months as to what this team can achieve? And it sounds like this off-season, all the Magpies are going to be working very hard because by the sounds of things... They didn't feel like they quite got to where they want to this year and that speaks volumes to the man that Craig McRae is and what he's been able to achieve this year at Collingwood. All right, this is the trade feed for Ream, built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Ream. 
You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Two juicy chicken patties with a fiery coating. The Double McSpicy is back at Macca's. Lucky there's creamy mayo or it'd be too McSpicy. Can you handle the heat? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only. Summer is coming and you want... .com.au The Trade Feed for Host Plus. An industry super fund for all Australians. And Toyota. Toyota certified. Pre-owned in a class of its own. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio Engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Trade up to Continental Tyres this trade period. Sarah Ollie and Josh Gablich here with you on the trade feed for about the next 20 minutes. And we're talking about the best value trades. Maybe we won't say steak knives anymore after our chat with Jack Crisp. And of course, you can catch up with that chat with the Jewel Best and Ferris on the podcast. But Second chance saloon, perhaps, is a better way to phrase it. The best value trades. And we do have some callers on the line. So if you do want to get involved, call 1300 48. But on the line, we've got Bear. Bear, good value trades. Talk us through what you think. Have you got us, Bear? I think we... Hello, how's it going? Yeah, good. Good, Bear. Thank you for joining us on the trade feed. What are some of the best value trades that tickle your fancy? Uh, yeah, one close to home for me being a big Suns fan is Jared Witts for a third and fourth round pick. Ended up uh, with a BMS and being co-captain for four years and played over 100 games for us. So, um, yeah, very good get for the Suns there, I'd say. Spot on, Bear. He was on my list. A really good observation <laughs> from you. I mean, imagine if he was still at Collingwood right now. What would that mean? in terms of Brody Grundy departing. But it makes a lot of sense <laughs> that he headed up north and he's become a star. I mean, and you've got to can't forget that he is a co-captain. I mean, yeah. look at his resume. Club champion, as Bear pointed out, and being a real star. And the, his season this year, coming off an ACL, was sensational. So great, great observation. Now, you mentioned Brody Grundy there, Josh. That is who Ben from Ballarat wants to talk about. Ben, good morning to you. Hi, guys. How are you going? Yeah, we're well, thank you. Brody Grundy to the Ds. Do you like it? Yeah, look, I think, you know, it's, you know, just need to cross the Ts, dot the Is and whatnot, but I think it could be one of the better value trades that we've seen in quite a while. Um, you know, because everyone's been yapping on and yapping off about a Melbourne's lack of forward line. And yeah, I've been following him quite closely throughout his whole career. And I just think that, you know, if they do snap him up, then it could solve both problems. You know, getting that backup Ruckman that, you know, they've lost in Luke Jackson and then him being able to float forward. Um, and especially if Collingwood are offering to cough up some of his salary. <laughs> then, uh, yeah, then it could be one of the better value trades we've seen for quite a bit. What's he worth, Ben, in terms of trade value? If you're Collingwood, what do you want from him? Look, if I was Collingwood, I'd ask for like a first round, maybe <laughs> future first round, maybe, you know, two seconds, something like that. But I understand that he's getting older, so they might not be able to get that for him. Uh, so, you know, uh, maybe I say, you know, two future first rounds and then, then just a, you know, fringe player from Melbourne that, uh, you know, isn't getting too many games. All right. We're going to head to Perth now because Drew is on the line. And Drew, you want to speak about Jason Horn francis of course, the number one draft pick who has requested a trade back home to South Australia and Port Adelaide. 
Yeah, I was just wondering last year when I was I was watching the draft and just reading about who the the top picks were going to be. I know he had that really good game in the sand for I think he kicked three goals and twenty five possessions. But was he always going to be the number one pick? Like I know um, he kind of came out of nowhere, but was he always on track to be the number one pick? And if there was a redraft, do you still think that he would be that number one pick now? Cal Toomey covers this very closely for us, Drew, at afl.com.au. And he's emphatic about Jason Horn Francis across last year in the draft year. He, he was the clear number one pick across the every club would say that. I think it's it's too early to make a real judgment call. You've got to give this a decade. We're going to be discussing this for a decade because of some of the other players that were taken in the top five of last year's draft when you contemplate Sam Darcy and his finish to the year. Nick Dacos was incredible for calling one of the best first years we've ever seen. So... Let's just wait and see, because I think we're going to be discussing this for the best part of 10 years, 15 years. If these players go on and have the careers that we think they might, this is going to be a conversation that continues for the duration of their careers. It could end up being a super draft, actually, when you think of some of those names that you just rattled off. But Joseph in Mildura also wants to speak about Jason Horn francis Joseph? Yeah, that's fine. You're on the air, Joseph? Yeah. Um, Hello. Hello. Um, so is Cornfrest is going to Port? Well, he has made a request to go home to South Australia and to go to Port Adelaide, yes. Be traded for him. What's he worth? It's a it's a this is the question, Joseph. And Brady Walling, Rawlings was pretty strong yesterday that Port Adelaide's current situation with a with a pick eight and a future first round won't be enough to do this deal in isolation. Whether that proves accurate but by next Wednesday night at 7.30pm, we'll have to wait and see. But there is a hope from a North Melbourne perspective that a player will be attached to this deal. So we did hear from Chris Davies yesterday. He ruled out a few players that were thrown up. Butters, Dersma, Sin, Bergman. Riley Bonner was attached to this quite late in the day. I think we're going to hear a handful of different names across the coming days. But I think a player might need to be involved to satisfy what North Melbourne wants, given they used pick one on Jason Horn francis last year. All right. Well, this certainly one is going to go perhaps down to the wire when it comes to deadline day. We are talking about some of the best value trades today on the trade feed. The second chance saloon steals. And, of course, we spoke to Jap Crisp earlier before who fits that brief. But, Josh, we will continue this conversation as we wrap up the show. And please keep your text coming in 0419-187-323 or give us a call on 1300 23 You've got some news, though, out of the Giants. Yes, that's right, Sarah. Greater Western Sydney have added a coach to their coaching department. So Ben Hart is going to join Adam Kingsley. It's been a bit of a... Been a bit of a challenge for the Giants to find some support for Adam Kingsley. It's a difficult market because when you're an assistant coach, you're usually in your 40s, early 50s. You've got to relocate with your family, with your kids. It's a big move. I mean, when they went and got Matthew Nix a few years ago, it took them three years of pursuing Matthew Nix. And he left after 12 months to take that job at the Adelaide Crows. So they've been speaking to a number of options in the past few months. Obviously, Adam Kingsley joined the club about a month ago now. He's been pretty heavily involved in all things list management and all things in the footy department. They signed Robbie Chancellor as head of development. He was the first one to sign. They're currently talking to Brett Montgomery. So Adam Kingsley played in that 2004 premiership with Montgomery and Jason McCartney crossed paths with him at the Western Bulldogs in a past life. So there are some links to Montgomery. He left 
the Port Adelaide Football Club at the end of the season after spending some time there under Ken Hinckley as an assistant coach. He spent a lot of his time in footy at the Port Power. So I think they might get Montgomery as well. But Ben Hart is a good get. I mean, he's got a really strong football CV when you consider he played more than 300 games for the Adelaide Crows. He's been an assistant coach for 12 or 13 years. He was a bit of a a casualty of that COVID crunch at the end of 2020. He left the Adelaide Crows. He moved to Victoria, where he'd spent some time previously when he was at Collingwood. And this year he coached the Northern Bull Ants in the VFL. So they finally made a decision last night, the Giants and Ben Hart, to proceed. And Ben Hart told the Bull Ants this morning that he's going to enter the AFL again. I think it's a, a really good get. And we'll just wait and see on Brett Montgomery. But I think they might get him at some point in the coming weeks because they need to fill that last spot in Adam Kingsley's coaching department. And you mentioned that 2004 grand final. There's some serious coaching talent emanating Mm. from that day. But we do have Sean on the line from Ballarat. And, Sean, you want to talk about the Brisbane Lions? Yeah, good day. Um, I just had a few questions sort of surrounding when the Lions will start to get involved. And one in particular was when will, do you reckon, McStay will sign with Collingwood? Josh, I think Dan McStay might get done today. There was a hope yesterday that it would get done after the Bobby Hill deal. He's not in Melbourne at the moment, I'm told. But I believe it might get done today. So we'll have to wait and see. And the fascination around this one is, what's he worth I mean, in terms of compensation? So... What will Brisbane get back? We had Danny Daly on Trade Radio yesterday. The Brisbane Lions are hopeful that they'll land an end of first round compensation pick because they've obviously, they've got a bit going on in terms of there's Jack Gunston involved. Josh Dunkley is the one. I mean, they're going to have to satisfy Sam Power and the Western Bulldogs with a really tasty package. So if they could get an end of first round compo, that would be huge for them. And of course, they've got Will Ashcroft and Jasper Fletcher. So they need to compile some some points in terms of draft picks. So there's a lot to play out at the Brisbane Lions, but I think they're going to be a really big player in the coming days. So that was Sean from Ballarat, but we do have Josh on the line as well. Josh from Bayswater. And you want to talk Jack Bowes, who of course is making a fair few headlines this trade period, Josh. Yeah, um, of you know, for Geelong, a theme has good value, but uh, I don't think Geelong should be able to get him because they did finish, you know, on top of the ladder and won the flag. So I think it's a bit unfair in that regard for them even going for him. You think it's unfair, do you? I mean, what do you think about? Yeah, I think it's. Un- I mean, if uh, I feel like if it was the WA team, like we'd get a lot of criticism over going for like pick seven if we came off winning the flag and was on top of the ladder. Surely if you can orchestrate a deal, you can orchestrate a deal and it doesn't matter where you finished. Yeah, I know. But, like, I mean, Geelong, they come off of the flag and they get pick seven. You know, they traded all their picks for Cameron a few years ago. So, yeah, I just I think it's a bit unfair for the rest of the competition. Okay, well, Josh not fair, Josh. Yeah, he thinks it's a bit unfair. And sometimes it does appear like the rich get richer while the poor get poorer. But I think with the Cats, it's... It's down to shrewd list management. And as we know, Josh, there are lots of players there to, that are playing on far less than they would at other clubs. And got to contemplate, they may end up landing three former first round picks <laughs> by the end of the window with Tanner Bruin and Ollie Henry also in play. All right. This is the trade feed. Thanks to Toyota. Toyota certified pre-owned in a class of its own. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today.
Play the 15th of October. For full terms, visit mcdonalds.com.au. The Trade Feed for Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. And Toyota, Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. Welcome back to Continental Tyres, AFL trade radio engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Trade up to Continental Tyres this trade period. Sarah Ollie and Josh Gablich here on the trade feed. And for this hour, Josh, we've been talking about the best value trades, the second chance saloons. And of course, Jack Crisp, he is a back-to-back best and fairest at Collingwood. We spoke to him earlier, catch up with him on the podcast You've been compiling a nice little list when it comes to this, Josh. Is there any other name that you want to throw out there? I want to throw up Liam Jones because I think he's going to be topical today. I think his return okay. to the Western Bulldogs will be sealed this afternoon. I think it's going to get done pretty quick. He's in this category because you've got to consider that he was traded to Carlton in exchange for pick 46 at the end of 2014. It didn't work for him the first time around at the Dogs. Obviously, he was a forward back then. He never played under Luke Beveridge. This was the Brendan McCartney um time that he left the club. So he returned as, as a gun key defender. There was a period I reckon in the last couple of years at Carlton where he was one of the best backmen in the competition in terms of those interceptors. So I want to throw him in the mix because I think he fits the bill given it was pick 46 that got that deal done for the blues. Now, of course, last night there's another player that fits this bill and it's Peter Wright. So he took out Essendon's 2022 Crichton medal. And this is such a great success story when it comes to a player getting a second chance at another club and just taking it, taking it and, wow, winning a best and fairest. And, of course, as we were discussing earlier, it was just for a future fourth-round pick. So this is the epitome of coming through with a second chance and making the most of it. Now, there are going to be other players this trade period that can perhaps seek to emulate Peter Wright and Paddy Dow. Yeah, I want you to talk about yeah. Paddy Dow because... Well, I just think if you're selected with pick two in the national draft, you've got a lot going for you. Definitely. And just... clearly he's found himself on the outer at Carlton and I know that he's got some detractors among Blues supporters. But, you know, once upon a time we were saying, Paddy, wow. Mm. He's simply got to find another home because I think if he has someone wrap their arms around him, he's given a bit of love and he's reminded why he was selected with pick two that we will see the best of Paddy down. It will be Paddy Wow again. And I just think it would be it would be such a shame if he doesn't go on somewhere else and have a successful career somewhere else. Because pick two, Josh. Very high. There was a reason he was taken with pick two and he's just got to rediscover in it. Maybe it's at another club. Do you have any players that you think could go down that path as well? Well, just on this, if we go back 12 months, no one was talking about Will Brody. Will Brody's yeah. a single-digit pick as well. He fell out of favour under Stewie Jew, and he's had a sensational season at Fremantle. Finished top five in the best and fairest. What a pick. Like, what a get. No one was talking about him this time last year for obvious reasons. There are going to be players like this that happen in the next nine days, Sarah. So we're going to try and identify them as they happen. It's hard to look into the future, but Paddy... Paddy might be one of them. Yeah, and Sam Wiedemann, I know he's contracted next year, but he could be another one that at a second club is just able to rediscover his love, his passion, and why he was taken as a top 10 pick so long ago. Now, we do have a few texts coming through, and this caller says that, or this text I should say is, Josh, the caller is right. 
getting Geelong, Geelong getting bows, I should say, isn't about getting a deal done. It's not a fair trade. It's a salary dump. The deciding factor isn't an equitable trade. They aren't going to give and oh, and it's just run out there. So people aren't happy that the Cats perhaps are going to be strengthened again this trade period. We know Ollie Henry is looking to get down there, Tanner Bruin. And this is a side that just absolutely belted the Swans, Josh, in the grand final. Mm, it's I can understand the frustration. <laughs> I can understand the frustration. And there's still a fair bit to play out with Jack Bowes. He's obviously got a number of suitors. Cal Toomey reported yesterday on Inside Trading that he's going to meet with a lot more clubs in the coming 24 hours. So it looks like he's destined for somewhere in Victoria. Will it be down in Geelong or will it be in Melbourne? We'll have to wait and find out, but I think we'll find out a little bit more in the coming days. It's been another great hour on the trade feed. Of course, our special guest was Jack Crisp, who doesn't like being told that he's the steak knives, Josh. And you'd have to say after back-to-back Bess and Ferris, we just have to refer to him that way now, don't we? Absolutely. Two time. <laughs> All right. Coming up in the next hour with Riley and Cal, GWS list boss Jason McCartney and Melbourne list boss Tim Lamb. Have a great day. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.